Revival, really what revival is, is the reviving of people's hearts to be on fire for God. So it could be somebody who's already accepted Jesus that you're praying for. You know, we're praying for our, our church. We're praying for our own homes. We're praying for our city, our nation, the world, you know. We're praying for this last great day revival, but really what it starts with is, is our own hearts, <laughs> then it moves to our family, and then it just keeps spreading and getting bigger and bigger. And so what God's placed on my heart tonight is the intercession, um, the prayer of intercession and having um, the tools that we need to intercede for believers, for others that need, or for anybody who needs the Lord. And God's given us two major tools in which we can use to intercede for people. (laughs) And that's the power of the name of Jesus and the power of the blood of Jesus. Amen. So I'm just going to open in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Father, that it's powerful and it's alive and sharper than a two-edged sword. And Father, I just pray, Lord, that tonight, Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would help us by your Spirit to give us the utterance to pray as we ought to and intercede um, for believers and for those who don't know you, Lord, um, for those who need just the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Father, we just ask you just to help us to pray as we ought to. And just, Lord, just inspire us, encourage us, build up our faith before we pray, Lord, by your word tonight. In Jesus' name, everybody said... Amen. So in intercession, you're standing in the gap. The word of God says that he looked for a man to stand in the gap, but he didn't find any. And so God's looking, you know, throughout the whole earth to find a man, find a woman to stand in the gap for people who need revival in their hearts and lives. And so we know just from our own probably homes, let alone city, that a lot of people need revival in this land, right? (laughs) They need to be woken up. And before that can happen, we learned last week that God needs people to pray. The Bible says any two of you agreeing on on anything will be done of our Father which is in heaven. Any two of you can bind anything on earth. It will be bound in heaven, loosed in anything on earth. It will be loosed in heaven. And we learned um, according to heaven's mathematics, one can put a 1,000 to flight, two 10,000 to flight. If there's seven of us, we can put a billion to flight, right? So if there's 14 of us, we can put uh, two billion to flight, meaning like angels, you know, they're, they're on the scene, devils, they're bound up and, you know, getting off the scene. (laughs) And so when we come together, we learned last week that there's power in numbers. There's power in coming together as a corporate body to pray. But tonight, God has laid on my heart that revival starts in our own heart and lives and in the the ones that we care about around us. And so um, basically, while you're sitting there, and the Lord told me this while while we're worshiping, to go ahead and make a list of at least five people that you want to intercede for, um, five people that you want to see God touch, heal, save, or be revived by the power of the Holy Spirit. I made my list of six or seven. Um, I didn't have that plan, but the Lord wants you to see this work, that there's power in intercession. And so the reason you're making a specific list, you're going to pray for specific people so that you specifically can see God work so you know this works. Amen? You're going to see God do a turnaround in their lives. Hallelujah. Because there's power in intercession. Ephesians 6, 12. Let's turn there quickly. Just a little short message before we um, pray a little bit, okay? 
Um, we want to activate this. We want to put it right into practice. Ephesians um, 6. Verse 12, it says, But we fight not against flesh and blood enemies, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness. Another version says, For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers, authorities in the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. <laughs> I don't know if you've encountered this, but a lot of people have a problem around the holidays, getting together with family. I've heard a few different people who had major conflicts because they're having to come together with family. It should be a joyous time, but because there's believers mixing with unbelievers, which we should be able to walk in love, hello, we're believers, we should be the light, not the one that's condemning them, but... When you have families coming together and per people that need Jesus, people that need to be revived in the Lord, people that need healing or deliverance, um, there's going to be a little war going on in the spirit. And what we need to realize is Ephesians 6. It says we are not fighting against flesh and blood. So it's going to do them better that they don't get angry or upset at you by you trying to deal with it in the flesh. It's going to be way better to fight the war in the spirit in your prayer closet or in church, you know, as we've come together to pray. It's going to accomplish so much more for the kingdom of heaven to bind it on earth and it'll be bound in heaven. Amen? And so God is letting us know that the battle is a spiritual battle. It's not a natural battle. So it's not going to do too much good. In fact, it'll probably do more damage to get in conflict and try in your own flesh to get somebody saved. It's better to pray and intercede and stand in the gap for people that you love. And then when God opens a door to, you know, minister to them and not just try to shove it down their throat. <laughs> um, so whatever the case, if you're believing for salvation for a loved one, you're believing for freedom from addiction or something like that for a loved one, you're believing for healing for a loved one or deliverance for a loved one, you need to realize you're not fighting a flesh and blood devil or person. You're fighting against principalities and powers and you're, you're fighting against the enemy. Amen. He's, he's the enemy. And so when you're interceding for somebody, the enemy is... The devil is your enemy, not the person. James 4, 7 tells us to resist the devil, then he will flee from you. And so how are you resisting the devil? You're using the name of Jesus, and you're pleading the blood of Jesus. How many times have you been praying, and all of a sudden you have a person pop up, like a face, you know? And like, why am I thinking of them? And you go to try to pray again, trying to be all spiritual, get into God's presence, and all of a sudden another person, you know, or that same person pops up. And you start, it's like you get, you think you're getting distracted and you start daydreaming about them and start thinking about their situation and all this. Hello, you're in the presence of God and he's trying to get a hold of you. He's looking for a man to stand in the gap. 
And so whether that's a loved one or whether that's someone you haven't seen in 10 years, it doesn't really matter. If you're praying and you're spending time with God and all of a sudden you start thinking about somebody, it's because God is looking for a man to stand in the gap because intercession is powerful. And he needs someone to fight the good fight of faith on their behalf, right? So we need to realize that. In 2 Corinthians 10, 14, the word of God says, the weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have um, divine power to demolish strongholds over our lives and over the lives of our loved ones or whoever God is having us pray for. The weapons of our warfare are the blood of Jesus, the word of our testimony, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and the name of Jesus to which every name and every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. That's how powerful his name is. I shared this numerous times, but the Lord was trying to display to me how powerful the name of Jesus was. And um, I was having a dream. I don't have that many dreams, but when I do, it's typically spiritual because I don't usually remember dreams. And that one night, I, was, I woke up after having a dream about standing in a coffee shop, which I love coffee shops, standing in a coffee shop, and I was in line for my coffee, and I just kind of looking around, and when I turned around, about five people behind me was the devil standing there. And I was annoyed in the dream. I wasn't afraid. I was annoyed because I was going to have to deal with him, and I knew it. I was like, <sighs> I knew he was there for me. And he was a typical devil. You know, he had the horns. He just stood out to me. I knew he was him. And um, so I get my coffee, and in my dream, I don't know if you know this, but in your dream, a lot of times when you try to say the name of Jesus, it comes out like, did you ever have that? Anyways, so it's like you could, I couldn't say the name, but I knew that in my dream, so I decided in my dream to sing in the name of Jesus the song. And so as I'm passing him, I'm holding my cup of coffee, and he starts coming at me out of the line, and I say, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, just knowing that I use that name, the devil has to flee, right? And as I'm saying that on the second time, he starts melting into the ground, yelling, not that name, until he just disappears. So I woke up to that, and the Lord spoke to me, and he says, that's how powerful my name is. That at the name of Jesus, when you resist the devil using the name of Jesus, he has to flee. Amen? And so regarding attacks of the enemy against your own life, bombardments of the enemy against your own mind, your own soul, or against loved ones, whether it be their health, whether it be their salvation, whether it be um, just attacks of the enemy in their lives, you use the name of Jesus, the devil has to flee. He cannot stand the name of Jesus, as well as pleading the blood of Jesus and what Jesus did, which he purchased for them their freedom. He purchased for them their salvation. So when you plead the blood of Jesus over somebody, you're saying Jesus already got the keys to death, hell, and the grave. I plead the blood of Jesus over my family. I plead the blood of Jesus over my home. I plead the blood of Jesus over my siblings. Or I plead the blood of Jesus over that neighbor. Or whatever it is that God's, whoever it is that God's presenting to you to pray for. As you start binding the enemy in the name of Jesus Christ. Loosing the angels on the scene in the name of Jesus. And pleading the blood of Jesus. 
you get to watch as God watches over his word to perform it. But the problem is, is so many times we see awful things going on in people's lives and we judge it rather than pray for it. We shouldn't worry. The Bible says don't worry or don't dwell on the negative, but pray about it. Instead of worrying about everything, pray about everything. Telling God what it is that you need. I'm speaking scripture here. Telling God what it is that you want to see take place in their lives. Intercede for them. Pave a road for God to work in their lives. Amen? By pleading the blood of Jesus over them, binding the enemy in the name of Jesus, and releasing the presence and power of God into their lives in the name of Jesus. Philippians um, 2.10 says that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven, in earth, and under the earth. That's some major power that God has given us. The disciples, um, Jesus gave them the authority to use his name, and they're like excited. They're like, Lord, Lord. They proved it out, and this is what the Lord wants you to do. Rate this list of names. Prove out that there's power in the name of Jesus. He wants to watch over his word and perform it. He doesn't want you just cast this big giant net and pray for the entire world. Let's start with some immediate things that we're going to see a change in. Because when you see a change in some immediate things, it's going to build your faith for something bigger. For this church, for the family members of this church, for this city, you know, and then we'll get bigger and bigger. So the Lord wants us to start with our family members or with our loved ones, or with our neighbors, whoever it is he's placing on your heart today, at least five. Don't go to 20. Keep it, you know, under 10 probably. Because you really want to focus in binding the enemy, loosing the presence of God on the scene, and pleading the blood of Jesus over these people. Amen? We read last week, Matthew 18, 18, it says, any two of us binding anything on earth, it'll be bound in heaven. Loosing anything on earth, it'll be loosed in heaven. So it's good if you're, I've, I've many, many times, as I'm in a prayer meeting, I have at least two a week with other believers. Um, many times, as we're in conversation, the word of God says that the Holy Spirit gives you the utterance, which means the words to pray. I believe a lot of times your conversation is ordered of the Lord because all of a sudden um, your conversation goes to what's going on in somebody's life and not that you're gossiping, but the Lord's presenting that so that you will pray for that person. You will lift them up, not talk about their problem, but pray and bind the work of the enemy in that life and loose angels on the scene. Amen? And so when you come together to pray, don't be talking and focusing and worrying about others' problems, but intercede for them. God would present things to you so that you'll intercede so that he can work things out for their good. Amen? So when interceding for our friends, our families, our church, our city, we have to use these weapons. We have to use the name of Jesus. We have to plead the blood of Jesus. And we have to bind the enemy in the name of Jesus. Amen? And loose the angels of God on the scene in the name of Jesus. Um, you know, I mean, we could just pray, Lord, I just, 
I love them so much. I ask you just to work in their lives. And you can be sincere all you want. But you're fighting a spiritual battle. So you have to use the name of Jesus to resist the devil from their situation, to bind the enemy. Use the name of Jesus. You want them protected? Plead the blood of Jesus. Speak a hedge of protection. Loose those angels and speak a hedge of protection around them. The Bible says to watch and pray. So I believe that as we pray and we close our eyes and, and we worship God and we get into God's presence and we're spending time with the Lord in prayer, as people come across our minds, our mind's eye, our spiritual eyes, we should be watching what he's showing us so we know how we ought to pray. He'll give us the words to pray. He'll give us who to pray for. And so the words to pray would be, okay, I want you to pray for so-and-so, you know? So if I'm praying and all of a sudden I see a picture of one of my sisters, Julie, let's just say, and I'm praying and I see Julie's face and I'm like sitting there trying to get in God's presence and I just keep seeing Julie's face, then that means God's saying, why don't you go ahead and pray for her? So I'll start off pleading the blood of Jesus over her and I just bind every plan attack, counterattack and assignment of the enemy. What you're actually doing is loosing them, giving them freedom by the power of the Holy Spirit. You're standing in the gap for them to be, them to be released from something or to prevent something from happening to them so that they're free to continue to serve the Lord. Amen? So there's power in intercession, and we need to make sure that our intercession isn't about us. We're going to be blessed because of it anyways, but it's not about us. It's about being used by God. Jesus intercedes for us. What we He wants to use us to intercede for others, right? And so... He wants us not to pray about what we're going through necessarily. You're, there's a place for that. But he also wants to use us and use our vessel and use the authority that he gave us to intercede for others to accomplish things for the kingdom of heaven in their lives. Amen? I'm going to read you a little excerpt from the book I'm reading. It's called Throne Room Prayer. And it's just a little paragraph, and it's powerful. It says... As you come to God in believing prayer on behalf of others, there will be times when you face the powers of darkness. Most of the time, God's presenting somebody to you so that you'll bind the enemy <laughs> in the name of Jesus, so that you'll loose angels on the scene in the name of Jesus, or you'll plead the blood of Jesus over them. He needs you to pray in order to work in their lives. Our prayers are the pavement for the vehicle of power to get to them, amen. And so there are times when you face the powers of darkness, but there are mighty weapons in the throne room at your disposal. We're talking about those tonight. Your destiny, your agenda, is to tear down those strongholds wherever you find them. You know what's going on, you know, and be led by the Spirit of God. Maybe you see their demeanor is oppressed, you know, you're to be led by the Spirit of God, and as you pray, He'll give you the Holy Spirit will give you the words to pray to start binding spirits of oppression, to start um, binding spirit of depression. Maybe He'll bring something else to mind to pray for. Uh, the person's not there, so they're not going to be offended. 
<laughs> you're just standing in the gap for them. I'm not talking about getting a hold of them, telling them that you're praying for them and what they're going through. No, you're in your secret prayer closet just interceding for them so that God can work on their behalf. If you sense somebody's been kind of crabby and kind of on edge, then just go ahead and pray for them that day because maybe they're going through something that you don't even know. <laughs> right? We've all been there. So most likely that's the case. But he says, but there are mighty weapons in the throne room at your disposal. Your destiny is to tear down the strongholds whenever you find them. It says, when you do, you are actually loosing others to fulfill their destiny. You're seated together in heavenly places with Jesus, right? And so you're more than a match for the devil because Jesus lives in you. 1 John 4, 4 says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So if God's presenting to us and we're in a time of prayer or, or um, you know, we're just driving and we're just worshiping God and all of a sudden, you know, we keep thinking about somebody or a situation, the reason you're thinking about it, it's not because necessarily always that you're being distracted by the enemy. God's bringing that situation that the enemy's attacking that person to you so that you will pray so that he can work it out for them, right? And so we need to realize that this battle that they're facing or that our loved ones are facing or the conflict that they're being presented with or the resistance in the spirit that's going on is a spiritual battle. And we need to take our place as believers and stand in the gap for them to see them come to salvation or deliverance or healing or whatever it is they need. Clearly, if they're going through it and they're not getting the victory, then they need someone to stand in the gap right? And so realize that you don't need to worry about those things coming after you because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You're seated together with Christ in heavenly places. You're joining forces with Jesus, the great I am, and you're praying and interceding for that person. And the two of you can bind the enemy in the name of Jesus. You can loose angels on the scene. You can plead the blood of Jesus over them that nothing shall by any means hurt them. Amen? There's power when we pray. Isaiah 54, 17 says, No weapon formed against us will prosper. All who rise against us will fall. So you can speak and declare that word over those situations and over those people. There's power in the blood of Jesus and in the name of Jesus. And so we need to um, make this list and we need to declare these things over these people. I was actually, I already started on the floor there. God had me make my list, and I started just speaking and declaring and binding the enemy in the name of Jesus and loosing angels on the scene, speaking a hedge of protection around them in the name of Jesus. Have I prayed for these people before? Yes, I have. God gave me some new ones too. But um, not realizing, like, sometimes people are going through stuff because nobody has stood in the gap, you know? Sometimes people um, weren't raised the way we were raised or haven't had someone witness to them the, the way they needed to or whatever, you might not be the person to witness to that person. God might have you pray that they would get a laborer sent to them, right? But you're interceding, allowing the Holy Spirit to speak through you. He'll give you the words to pray, but you're going to bind the enemy that would hinder them from receiving what it is God wants for them, whether it's salvation, healing, deliverance. You're going to loose angels on the scene to build up a hedge of protection around them. You know, just be led by the Spirit. You might pray something a little different than that. 
and you're going to plead the blood of Jesus over them so that while you're interceding for them, you know, nothing else is going to happen. That you're going to plead the blood of Jesus over them and you're just going to stand in the gap. Lord, just help me. Give me the words to pray for this person. I stand in the gap for them. I ask you to inter intervene on their behalf, Lord. I just plead the blood of Jesus over them, Lord. Father, I just ask you for your mercy and your forgiveness for them, Lord. Father, I ask you for your healing and your deliverance to be released right now by the power of your Holy Spirit. There's no time or distance in the Spirit. Lord, I just release and I plead the blood of Jesus over them and I release your healing power into their body. Or I loose them in the name of Jesus Christ from every plan, attack, counterattack, and assignment of the enemy. I bind the enemy that's trying to come against their mind with doubt or unbelief or deception. I break the power of deception in the name of Jesus. So you're using your authority and you're taking darts and you're, you're yielding your sword. I'm saying that right? Wielding, yielding. <laughs> your sword at the devil. Speaking the word of God, resisting the devil on their behalf. And just speaking the blood of Jesus over them. God wants us to do this, and he says in his word that he will, he says in Jeremiah 1.12, he says, I will watch over my word to perform it. God wants to perform it for your loved ones. Amen? So that's my word for the night. Um, it's just to build up your faith so that when we go to pray right now, right here for about 15 minutes, we're going to Look at our list. We're going to let the Holy Spirit, whether you're going to pray over all of them and just lay your hands on that, or whether you're going to individually take each one and just plead the blood of Jesus and be led by the Spirit of God and bind the enemy. I want you to have assurance that when you pray, that God hears you. That when you pray and use the name of Jesus, that every knee, both in heaven, earth, and under the earth, has to bow to that name. Amen? That supernaturally the enemies put to flight running in terror when you use that name and that God because you're praying is going to intervene on their behalf amen and you can even pray for mercy and forgiveness he said if they haven't sinned a sin unto death you can pray for their forgiveness for mercy for them so even though we didn't deserve it Jesus died for us. You might think that they're lost and they're hopeless because they're so in sin. They're sinners. They need Jesus. So you're standing in the gap pleading and asking the Lord, even if it's a believer, for mercy and forgiveness for them. If they have not outrightly denied Jesus, the Holy Spirit, you know, and they're just in bondage, they can be free. And you can actually intercede for them and pray and ask for mercy and forgiveness for them. And God will intervene. They need you. Amen? So let's just put on a little bit of music and let's ask the Holy Spirit who he wants us to pray for. Make that list of about five people and write them in your phone or write them on a piece of paper and begin praying over them. I'll lead you in one prayer and you can kind of just go from there. Father, we just lift up our loved ones, our neighbors, our friends, our co-workers, the people that you're presenting to us, Lord, for this list that you want us to pray over, Father. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We ask you just to give us the utterance, the words to pray 
for these people that you want us to intercede for. Father, we believe your word is true and it's powerful that when we use the name of Jesus, every knee has to bow. That when we bind the enemy and we command him to flee, he has to flee in the name of Jesus. That when we bind the enemy and his plan, attack, counterattack, or assignment against these people, he cannot work any longer in the name of Jesus Christ. So, Father, we just ask you to lead us and guide us by your spirit. Help us to pray the words we need to pray, and we just plead the blood of Jesus over these people. And, Father, we bind every plan, attack, counterattack, and assignment of the enemy against the people that you've put on our list. And, Father, we thank you ahead of time that you're watching over this prayer time to perform it. Lord, you're going to work on their behalf because we're standing in the gap in the name of Jesus. Now, just spend some time praying over that list. Allow God to work in you and through you. If he shows you things about what they're dealing with, be specific about binding the enemy of oppression or binding um, addiction or binding deception. Whatever God leads you to pray, pray it out in the spirit or in English. <laughs>